Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, this is Clarissa with Zipology, and we have a fantastic selection of tea, teaware, and various other items. Currently, we are offering a huge 25% off sale with Christmas in July. Come check us out on Facebook at Rissa Tea Party. That's Rissa Tea Party. This is Dave in Auburn, California, and I'm listening to The Ether with Decal. When Decal walks into a room, there is two elephants. One be the topic, and the second. Well, ladies, you know what it is. You're listening to Decal, and this is the Ether Podcast. Happy Monday afternoon or evening, wherever you're at on the planet Earth. This is your boy D. Cal here, host of the Ether Podcast from Northern California. I hope everyone had a very good weekend. My weekend, thank you for asking, um, it was very eventful. It was very eventful, um, very productive, and um, I was able to... Uh, I'll just say, change some lives for the better. And that's kind of what, you know, the whole purpose of being on this world is. To make it a better place than it was when you got here. So, anyway, we'll get right straight to this from the GNS HQ here. Like I said, in Northern California, the weather to me is, this is kind of where it's a bee, man. It's like 82, 83 degrees. A little bit of breeze, not too hot. Not too cold. 
just a very good foreshadowing of what I think fall is going to be. And I'm with that. I'm 100% with that. So I want to give a shout out to a couple of the sponsors to the Eat the Podcast. Shout out to Mild Clothing Line, obviously. want to give a shout out also to Rissa T from Miss Clarissa Johnson. She um, is out there doing her thing in the Midwest for the tea industry. And um, she had posted that she hit a couple of milestones on social media. So I want to make sure that I gave a some acknowledgement to her on that. Congratulations, young lady, on that accomplishment. Good on you. And I also want to give a shout out to the um, to the BL4SE. If you don't know what the BLE the BL4SE is, it's, it's my gang. It's my posse. It's my, it's my entourage. It's the business lounge for successful entrepreneurs. It's a Facebook group. Um, 12,000 members. And um, there's a lot of hungry entrepreneurs and people with creative ideas that are supporting one another, um, encouraging one another, and trying to find their way in this world of entrepreneurship. Whether it's their full-time thing or something on the side they want to do to supplement or the place that you think you may possibly want to go to get some inspiration on what you may want to get yourself into down the line as a fallback plan it's a beautiful place to go to so if you go on facebook search business lounge for successful entrepreneurs see if you can join and if the ceo founder designer creator chairwoman decides to allow you to come in, uh, Sherelle will allow that to happen. So I'm going to go ahead and give that out. Social media, since we're speaking about social media, you're more than welcome to follow us on Instagram or on Twitter. The handle is the same. It's the ether, T-H-E-E-I-T-H-R. And I spell it out because everyone has different phonetic skills when it comes to sounding and spelling. And I've had quite a few people Quite a few people look for it, and uh, they couldn't find it, especially when they're looking for it on the uh, different platforms for their podcast. So I have to spell it out for you guys and make it a little bit easier. Also, you can follow the parent company on social media on YouTube. So in case of whatever reason you happen to not be able to finish the rest of the podcast or in days that you're like, well, you know what? I want to see what other episodes that he has done in the past. Go to YouTube and search T-H-E. G-N-S-I-N-C G-N-S Inc. Parent Company Once you go there you will see all 30 count them now 30 episodes of the Ether Podcast so I'm a little excited about that so I want to go ahead and give a shout out to that one anyone who listens knows we love to start this thing off with giving some motivational inspirational um, suggestions along with the shout out so it's going to kind of be a combination of both on this one and I want to give a shout out to those who are making the attempts man to change their lives or you know start something new something that they've never done before whether it's a new career move or if it's a new position within your career um, I know psychologically at a certain age we've done things for so long a certain method a certain way it becomes second nature. It becomes a habit. 
or when you make a transition into something else, ladies and gentlemen, the brain tends to try to relate what you're learning and compare it related to what you know and try to make some type of uh, of a connection of how to relate the two. And sometimes that slows down the process for some people, especially if there is no connection for them immediately. So sometimes things move slow. An example, I was in Safeway earlier today. I'm doing some shopping. And you can tell the the cashier that was ringing everybody up. Uh, Cashiering was new to him. It was very foreign. You could tell that he may have done it a couple of times, but not enough to know exactly how everything works. And so, naturally, what happens with this, most of what happens with this, you get individuals who get really, really anxious, get very, very, how should I put it, nervous. And so, when they get nervous, they tend to mess up a lot. And if they mess up, then, you know, it, it, it kind of throws everything off for them. So... Um, this particular individual, you can see that he was, he really wasn't feeling too good. Um, and people with the lines started to build up a little bit. And so people were making comments, you know, people were making, um, I wouldn't say a very supportive remarks, um, but it wasn't helpful. And you could tell that he was getting very, very. Um, uncomfortable with how everything was turning out on the um, at the register, but luckily there was an individual me who understood what was going on because you can read this, you can read the room and kind of just reassured him, you know, hey man, you know, you're good. And he's looking at the, the the product that I had on the counter on the conveyor belt, and he's trying to figure it out. So I'm like, okay, that right here is this, you know. These are potatoes, you know, that's, um, you know, that's a squash, you know, and I'm kind of giving him the name of it so he knows how to search up on the register. And people in line, you can tell they're getting very agitated with them. Very, because, you know, we're in a very impatient world. So, you could tell that when I told him, hey, man, I can understand. Best of luck, don't worry, you're going to get it. We've all been through it. You know, this is the rough part. But, you know, being thrown in the fire, either you're going to burn or you're going to cook. So, right now you're feeling the heat. So, don't let it burn you. Just find the right temperature for you. And you'll start cooking in no time. And so, you can tell that he he appreciated the, um, the words of encouragement that I gave him. Which is fine, because every now we need it. So, you know, shout out to everybody who's doing something new. Listen, it's brand new. You don't know shit. You don't know it. You're learning it. You're trying to figure it out. You've been in this department for X amount of months or X amount of years, and then you get promoted to this department over here. Those departments may be very similar, or they could be completely opposite of one another. Either way it goes. It's a learning curve. So, you know, don't put so much expectations. Don't put so much pressure on you learning something new. You're going to get it. The people around you, they have been in that department that you just transferred to probably as long as you were in your previous department. So a lot of that's going to be second nature to them. They should be patient for you. You know, kind of return the favor. So, 
Yeah, that's a little bit about that. But shout out to anybody who's doing that, man. Um, that's kind of where I want to get at with that. So what I want to talk about today, discussion, is the music industry. I feel the music industry. Uh, it's very, very different than what we may perceive it to be. Now, with the access of social media, you get to see different videos and clips and interviews of people giving their perspectives. And anyone who is thinking about getting into the music industry or who's very green still in the music industry, um, I would definitely listen to somebody who's been where you're at, you know, and they can kind of show you the ropes, right? Like when sports, you go to the veteran. If you're the rookie, you kind of learn it all. Um, but I'm not here to talk about the compensation of the music industry. I'm more of the the message the music industry is delivering, which is giving false expectation of what the industry is about. Each genre has their own thing. But anyone with common sense can see that they're painting specific pictures for whatever reason. There's a saying that says, life imitates art. We see something artistic, we mimic and we copy that. The suits in the music industry, according to um, rapper Paris out of Oakland, California, who's been around since the 90s um, for Scarface Records, he says most executives would come with the perspective that Art imitates life. Art reflects what it sees in the world. It's a yin and a yang, in my opinion. Because I do believe we imitate what we see. Think about when someone goes to theater, when someone goes to a museum. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When someone goes to any type of art gallery or some type of um, auction, you see a piece of art, you're impressed by it. So you may possibly start to change your hair to look like that. You might change your apparel and clothing to look like that. You see a movie. You see a character in that film that either you relate to or that you idolize. And you attempt to dress like her, to walk like her, to talk like her. Right? You're imitating the art that you see. And what happens is, 
the industry sees how we're responding to that art. And so naturally what they're going to do is they're going to continue to provide more art of that nature because that's what the people want, quote unquote. When it comes to music, it's kind of a different toll, right? This this go with the, uh, I mean, let's go with the obvious. Let's talk about hip hop. Let's talk about rap music, right? Um, in previous episodes, I've always said to people, man, if you can't relate to somebody's situation, you have no way. There's, you have no right to judge it. You have no right to, to knock it down or to, to pass any type of premature judgment about anything because you can't relate with it. It's an uninformed opinion versus an informed opinion or your experience per se, your personal experience. Hip hop music, but I go into the origin of it too, too deeply. Just like any other genre of music. It starts by telling a story. It's, it's, it's musical, it's a musical newspaper where it's painting a picture of what an environment is from the perspective of the person who's rapping it, singing it, or speaking it. No different than poetry. It's a, a little bit more of an aggressive version of poetry. But when you live and come from an aggressive environment, that's how you communicate. Because that's how you're communicated with. If you come from a more passive more controlled um, environment. Well, that's how you communicate because that's how you were communicated. And when you go outside of your normal world and you go to the, the, the flip opposite, the 180 of what you're accustomed to, it's very scary. And your, your, your experiences are very slim to none. So you have to come up with answers of your own to justify why this is this and that is that. Like when I left California to go to Oregon, and I tell people this all the time, people in Oregon are offensively nice, sickening like nice. They're sickening nice. And it made me realize as a Californian, I'm the aggressive one. I'm the one who's looking at people a certain way. I'm the one who's looking at you if you're respectable and kind and, and you give, you know, mannerisms and gestures of warmth and compassion, my brain immediately goes to, this bitch trying to set me up. The first thing you think about, right? If a gentleman gives you a compliment, the first thing that's coming out of your mind, he's thirsty, he's trying to get some. No, 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 no. 80%, 90% of the time when they say stuff like that, they genuinely mean exactly what it is they're saying with no type of hidden agenda behind it. I didn't understand that until my second time of going to the state of Oregon. And it kind of reminded me of, damn, David, you ain't never been nowhere. Like, you, you ain't never been outside of nothing. All you know is aggressive environments and how to either maneuver around them, maneuver in them, or stay away from them. Simple as that. So when we come to, you know, hip hop, rap music, it comes from an aggressive environment. And it doesn't matter your color, you're in that environment, that's what it is. 
it's doggy dog, right? You either kill or survive. Kill or be killed. That's a metaphor for those who's listening. You don't literally do that, even though some circumstances it comes to it for some people. Um, not justifying it, but it, the, the metaphor is you either kill or be killed. You either do or you don't. Right? You either move or grass grows under your feet. Simple as that. So you have to constantly be on the aggressive, on the movement, on the aware. And you are always looking out for somebody attempting to take advantage of you. Right? So the music reflects all that. What happens is when you get individuals who aren't accustomed to that language, who are not accustomed to that environment, they're not accustomed to that surrounding, they hear it, it immediately becomes offensive and it immediately becomes threatening. It's because it's aggressive. You don't understand it. You can't relate to it. But there's a whole demographic of people who can relate to it. There's a whole group of people in every single town, city, county, state, coast that can relate to these stories. Maybe not specifically, but they can attach it to where it does fit, where they come from. So with the record industries, they, they pump that out. Now, there are plenty, plenty of rappers and hip-hop artists that don't use foul language. The first one that comes to my mind is Rakim. I don't think Rakim has ever used profanity on record. I don't even think he used profanity in private. I Rakim probably have stubbed his toe and slammed his fingers in car doors and still ain't cursed word. So that man never used profanity from, from any song I've ever heard of him. Um, before he was an actor, Will Smith. Will Smith never used profanity in any of his music. Now he used it in his films, but he never used it in his music. Right? There's plenty of artists who are conscious and woke, but you don't hear them on the radio. And the curiosity as to why, and I have an answer for why, and I'm going to tell you why right after this. So the reason why I feel, I think, and I believe is because it's a whole system. It's a, it's a machine. It's this whole method that they do to justify certain things. Now, I know certain people are going to roll their eyes and they're going to suck air through their teeth and lips and they're going to have their opinion about whatever it is that I'm about to say or have said already about this. But if you're not in that world, how can you understand it? How can you tell me I'm lying if I come from the world that you know nothing about? How can you tell me what it's like? Right? 
that's like a man telling a woman what it's like to be child to give childbirth. It's it, it's it's like a woman telling a man what it's like to have the pressures of a man head of the household. Someone who gave up on something, telling someone else to keep pushing and trying harder to achieve it. You gave up. You stopped. So, shh. Be quiet. When it comes to the music industry, everyone has a category. Gangster rap was something that the industry came up with. The media came up with themselves. Nobody in the rap industry ever said gangster rap until it was given gangster rap. So then they took that title and used it as a badge of honor to identify as something. In most poor neighborhoods, when you have gangsters and all these terms that are used in news to scare poor little old white folk. In the environment that we come from, that we're trying to get out of, us crabs trying to get out of this big ass barrel called poverty. We see that as a term of ranking, if you will. Like you, you made it, you're making it, you're doing the best you can with what you got and the environment in which they told you, you have to do it in. And it's interesting how a lot of times rap music is the, the whooping child, the whooping post, the stepchild of anything that happens derogatorily in the economy when it comes to killings, murders, any type of dreadful crime. They always want to tie it to rap music. No one ever ties it to any of the movies or any of the films. Again, rappers don't fly drugs into the country. They don't let drugs do be customs. They don't bring them on ships and boats. Rappers aren't the ones who's bringing it in. So if someone can control the flight, if someone can control the ship, it ain't your average rapper. It's probably the people they don't want you to pay attention to. Listen, all this shit's happening for a reason. And we're going to get to that reason after I make this point about rap. It's a message that we're trying to convey to people of what the world is like. Now, most of the rappers today, not all of them, but I'll probably say like 70% of them that you hear on the radio at least. They didn't necessarily come from the background they rap about. They're glorifying it because that's what they grew up on. There's a meme that my A1 had posted once, and it says, I grew up on, on drug dealers. You grew up on drug users. We're not the same. And it's true. Because in the 80s and 90s, it was either anti-drugs or I had to do this to survive. I had to do this to make it. This is what I have to do because of circumstances of where I live and what's available and what I'm not allowed to do. I have to do this. And then in the 2000s, it became party. Everyone's doing this and that and the other, and everyone's having a good time about the drugs, right? Again, if you look at films from the 50s, 60s, 70s, they're doing the same exact thing. One of the number one films that people glorify is Godfather. 
Love the movie. But what did it teach you? It taught you to stay under the radar, stay invisible, and put on a front so no one would see what you are actually into. And I think that's kind of what the higher-ups are doing. It's called the Kansas City Shuffle, where you tell everyone to look left and you go right. You tell everyone to look at the poor people and look how they're behaving while the rich, wealthy people are doing the same exact thing. And I said this before, the difference between Palo Alto and Berkeley, and this is kind of just an analogy because you can do this on either side. But when you go to Berkeley, you're going to be at a bus stop and you can see um, some gothic kids, some punk rock kids, some hip hop kids, all, you know, standing at a bus stop and an old lady and somebody getting mugged while there's a homeless person asleep, all on the same corner with graffiti in the background. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And weed in the air. And traffic. In Palo Alto, you don't see none of that shit. None of it. It's cleaning. It's manicured. It's it's very cookie cutter. Probably the best way to put it. Um, everyone in Palo Alto, for the most part, not the entire part, but for the most part, they look the same. Especially at Stanford. Everyone looks the same. Blue blazer, khaki pants. If anyone remembers those early episodes of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and how Carlton and Will went to those private schools and they wore those uniforms, that's kind of what Stanford University is like. That's not a, a fact toy, but it's a damn great description I just gave you of what it's like at Stanford, Palo Alto. Stanford University of Palo Alto. Okay. Berkeley. Berkeley's kind of like Sunset Park. If anyone remember the movie Sunset Park, you, that's what Berkeley is kind of like. So one is cultured, one is cookie cutter. And the analogy I would give to people when it comes to Palo Alto, when it comes to Berkeley, is in the East Bay, in Berkeley, police are paid to look for crime. In Palo Alto, in the peninsula of the west, in the South Bay, police are paid to look the other way. I remember being around cats who literally, man, I'm not even, jo- I'm not even joking with you, literally talking about how they were at a cocaine party that past weekend, and they did so many, they're in the back of my, I was doing Uber, they're in the back of my car talking about it. At another situation where one of the guys was, I mean, he snitched all on himself. He's talking about how he was in class selling his mother's pain pills to classmates during lecture. I mean, you guys have no kind of street smart whatsoever. You are dry snitching openly. 
but they come from a world where that doesn't really affect them. They don't, they don't, they don't see that. Where in the other world, they keep their mouth shut because they don't know who's around and who's who and who knows who. So those two worlds don't really understand each other unless they ever cross and intervene. So with the music analogy that was making in the beginning, which I know you quite I went on the tangent and I didn't. I'm trying to connect the dots here. When you hear rap music, people in Berkeley who, who understands that type of world, they get it, they grasp it, they get it. They, it, it, it resonates with, with them. Because they're right next to Oakland, they're right next to Richmond, so they make sense. People in Palo Alto and Atherton, you you isolate yourself from it because they try to isolate you from it. They try to keep you in this bubble. So, I mean, you got Burlingame, you got a little bit of San Mateo, sure. You got uh, Belmont, sure. I lived up in Belmont, it was nice up there. You have San Bruno, right? But the moment you start to get into Redwood City and, and, and EPA, the, the world is different. It's, it's, a, it's a totally different between those worlds. So they take the music that those places can relate to and the cities and areas and the markets that can't relate to it, they don't grasp, they don't understand it. Again, it becomes offensive, right? But the children of those neighborhoods, of those families, they're drawn into it. They're interested. Remember in the movie um, Strata Compton, when they were going to all these different cities, 70, 80% of the audience were white kids. They were intrigued by it. And Ice Cube once said in, the, in an interview, you know, we gave you a dose of what it was like from our reality, but from an extremely safe distance. And I think what happens is the higher ups who run this joint, they don't want the two worlds to understand each other because division is how they make their money. So when you do with the rap music, and I said that before the break, you don't play any of the conscious music. You play the club music, the shake your ass music. Because why? They rather for us to be entertained than educated. There was a video I watched with this brother it was in, um, talking to somebody and he started bringing up the points of how when music was intellectual and music was was more educational people were being informed and people were being aware and people were noticing all the things going on in the community this is when riots started to happen because like fight the power by uh, public enemy when you hear this song you feel a certain type of way about the system because you're being shown how the system is actually oppressing people, mainly people of color, but people in general. And so you want to uprise. You want to do something against it, right? Um, there was another song he had mentioned. But whenever you have music that does that, they don't want you to be aware of anything. They kind of want to keep you sedated and good feeling, booty shaking, head bobbing, nonsense. But then some of us who actually pays attention to the lyrics, to the words of the song, we're literally like, this shit sounds stupid. And then you get into this battle of which music was better than the other music. The fact of the matter is, they don't care. 
They know the music that they're putting out is shitty. They know this. They know this. But it's entertaining. What the what the industry will do too is they'll give you a rapper like um a a, a, a rapper like Locksmith out of Richmond, right? Who's very intellectual. He graduated from Berkeley. Um, and then they give you somebody like uh, Lil Yachty, right? I'm just making up a scenario. And then they'll give you somebody named um, MC Bubblicious Bishas, or whatever. And they'll listen to MC, they'll listen to Yachty, they'll listen to, to, to Locksmith. And Locksmith is actually talking about historical events similar to Nas. Um, he's talking about current events. You know, very similar to most of the older rappers of today. Now, we don't play him. But Yachty has bubblegum pop music that's very catchy. And even though you don't understand the words, you understand the lyrics. Then they'll take MC Bubblicious Fish Eyes, whoever the hell that may be. And all his raps are about fucking bitches, killing people, selling drugs. And the industry says, lovely, that's beautiful. And that's what you hear on the radio. And they'll say, who is better, MC or Yachty? And people will sit back and say, uh, neither, Locksmith. We want to hear Locksmith. No, 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 Locksmith, we're not, out of these two, who's better, MC or Yachty? We don't want to hear them, we want to hear Locksmith. No, no, no. Locksmith's not even an option. Out of these two, what do you want to listen to? And so you're only given two options, even though you're saying you want the third, but they're only giving you two. So then you sit back and say, okay, Yachty. And then the industry will sit back and tell everyone, see, Yachty's a hit. Everybody wants to hear Yachty. In a sense, that's what they do. Out of all the musicians that are actually talking about something constructive, positive, encouraging, uplifting, intellectually stimulating, thought-provoking, and unifying. No, no. They get no radio play. But anyone that's talking about the dumb shit that everyone's complaining about rap is all about, that's what get airtime. Now, if you're a musician that doesn't want to even go that route, most record labels won't deal with you. Why? Because that music's not hot. Again, in the analogy I gave you of three artists out of Yachty and MC Bubbles, Fish Eyes, and Locksmith, the industry says everybody loves Yachty. If you are an artist and you're trying to say, I want to sound more like Locksmith, that's who I grew up on, the executive will tell you that's not what the people want to hear. That's not what the people are interested in. If you turn on the radio, you don't hear Locksmith. You don't hear anybody asking for Locksmith. They set the game up to where Locksmith gets excluded, just as an example. But these two motherfuckers right here are your only options, so that's who you got to choose from. Then they'll turn around and tell the masses, this is what the people want to hear. You're not giving me the full options, bro. Out of five options, you only gave me two to choose. And out of the two to choose, the three that I want, you said weren't available. And then you're going to sell the world on the one that I'm like, okay, well, he's, he's a better crap than the other crap. That's what they do. So a lot of the lyricists, lyrical MCs, conscious rappers, they're more independent or they've been so big for so long.
following, they no longer need radio. And so that's kind of where the streaming system comes in play. I remember I was in Arizona and a guy was telling me about this guy named Rich Homie Kwan. He's like, Rich Homie Kwan is dope. I'm like, yeah? He's like, yeah, man, Rich Homie Kwan, that, he got lyrics, boy. He can rap. He can rap. You need to, when you get a chance, listen to Rich Homie Kwan, dude. He's dope. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm, Cause I'm, I'm into, I can appreciate any and all type of rap, any and all type of music. I can appreciate it. But a lot of the bubblegum rap, I don't really grasp it because I listen to the words and I try to hear the message. And again, if you're an artist who never lived that lifestyle, who don't come from that background, why are you rapping about it? I can understand it if you grew up in it. I can understand it if you knew people who were in it. But some of these cats, they're a mockery of the industry. They're, they're ruining what hip hop stood for and created. Yes, they are an extension of it, but they're that bad extension that's causing the rest of your hair to fall out. So, I listened to the Rich Homie Kwan one time, and I said, what the fuck am I listening to? Like, I don't... I don't get it. Now, I will also say this in fairness. Another musician that you don't hear on the radio as much, for obvious reasons, is J. Cole. Jermaine Cole. I didn't care for J. Cole when he first dropped. I didn't. I mean, his song was catchy. It was cool for the club. It was cool for the bar. But it was commercialized. But once I started listening to J. Cole, <clears throat> non-commercial, and more from a hip-hop perspective, he is definitely one of the bright sides of rap music. And he's giving you what rap music is exactly what it's about. Kendrick Lamar is another one. Right? That To Pimp a Butterfly album was stupid silly. It was so open mic, speak easy, poetic-esque. That the style, people didn't get it. It was old school. It was like you go into a speakeasy someplace. And somebody's on the bass of the guitar they're playing. And my man just goes up to the microphone and just start going poetry. If your if your mind isn't open enough to understand the depth of his delivery and his message, <clears throat> you didn't appreciate that album. And that's why a lot of his songs didn't really get much airplay. Now I'm sure they probably got more airplay in Los Angeles than they did here in Northern California. But overall, you don't hear Kendrick Lamar on the radio as much. Again, my man probably says, I don't need the radio. People know who I am. I can just post and make my sales that way. So I get that. I just wish folks who don't understand certain things will learn to be a little more open when it comes to it. Learning understanding speaking to those who are involved in what you know nothing about and asking questions of understanding keep in mind too this is my perspective this is my viewpoint this is how i see it this does not necessarily mean that everyone is going to agree with me and that is perfectly 100 percent, absolutely fine but you do need to understand that there's going to be different perspectives and different 
views, different sides to what it is that everyone has to say. So if you take somebody's one perspective and you take that as the perspective of it just being the end all be all, there's a great chance you might miss out on some things. So always keep an open mind when it comes to stuff. Because everyone's experience is different. It's never going to be universal. But again, when it comes to the, to the music industry, they, they think rap music was so horribly bad. And one of my biggest issues, again, is those when you try to explain to them, have you ever listened to Common? Have you ever listened to um, King Crooked? Like Crooked Eye? Have you ever listened to the lyrics of, you know, Guapale? Have you heard Rap City? Have you heard any of these artists? No? Okay. Scarface is one of the greatest storytellers of our time. He, Nas, Hove. But again, if you don't understand it, you're going to reject it. And that's human nature. But I had to set the record straight that on the radio, that's not <clears throat> quote unquote rap. That's the rap that they put on the radio for us to listen to. That's the rap they want us to hear. And I just think that if you can get a hold of somebody who knows the industry, who can give you a history lesson on hip hop, you're gonna realize that damn, it's, it's different. It's very, very different. And because of that judgment of the music industry, people would judge the way someone looks, how they dress, how you dress is how you express yourself, right? If you're feeling good that day, you're gonna wear an outfit that shows the world how good you feel. It's only it's common sense. If you're feeling bummy, you're gonna dress bummy, right? If you're feeling casual and comfortable, that's how you dress. And you know, myself, I'm just as guilty of it from time to time. But how people wear their clothing, we judge them. And clothing is an expression of their attitude. It's an expression of their environment. It's an expression of how they feel. And I think instead of judging people, we should attempt to understand what and why, right? And I understand that there's some outfits that turn people off. I get that. But then you have to ask yourself what it is that I'm doing that projects something negative about me that possibly isn't true. Granted, pants sagging off the ass. I used to do it. I used to do it too. Yeah, it's trendy. I get it. But then I remember my brother once said how it looks. And we, I remember looking at it. I was like, yeah, that's that's just, that's not cool. That's just, is. So I make sure my pants fit. That, that's that's just me, right? But there are plenty of women who wear tight-fitting clothing, and they're not anywhere near what their clothes may suggest that they are. They just felt like feeling sexy. They felt like wearing that outfit. They felt like wearing those shoes. They felt like dressing up. They felt like their hair looking like this, right? They want they were having a good day. Okay, cool. 
So I think a lot of us, we judge a book by the cover because we're too scared to read what's in. So we, we tend to judge a book by its cover because we're too scared to read what's within. Same thing when it comes to the music. It, it makes people feel. They know you without knowing you based on what it is that they're hearing about you. And with rap music, country music is the same thing. Okay, country music is the exact same thing where you you hear a genre and you see someone dressed attached to that genre and you judge that person based on what they're wearing and or the music that they listen to. It's interesting, right? I know plenty of people who listen to country music and speaking of country music, I got to give a shout out to my girl, Sabrina Nolan. She just released her, she just recorded her first song about a week ago. And uh, I gave her a little bit of shit about it because to my ear, she sounds very similar to um, Shania Twain. Very similar to Shania Twain. And so, um, but if you see her, one, you wouldn't think country music. You definitely would think hip-hop music if you saw her. But when you see someone dressed in country gear, what's the first thing you think about them? First thing you do is you go to country songs. What are most country songs about? I know what most people think country songs about. But country is nothing but a derivative of the blues. And so we don't give any country musicians any grief about how they dress, how they talk. Why? Probably because the people in charge can relate more with country music than they can relate with rap music. And the reason why they can't relate to rap music, most likely, is because the people who come from the rap history, they're not on that side of the tax bracket. You see what I'm saying? So, most of the people who were Rappers come from dirt, piss, poor neighborhoods, environments, and communities. Those folks on top, they don't relate to that. So it's almost like demonic to them. It's almost like insulting to them. It's nails on a chalkboard to them. Well, that kind of goes to show that when people of poverty or people on the lower tax bracket attempt to make any type of noise attempt to make any type of, or get any type of attention about their situation, it's annoying to those folks. It bothers them. It makes them feel, shut up, dribble. Shut up, sing. Shut up, entertain me. No one cares about your problems. Because you did it to yourself. You put yourself in that situation. Because in their mind, they're being told this is why you're here. This is why those people are in that group. There's a um, documentary that I saw called The 1% by Jamie Johnson, who's the great-grandson of the Johnson & Johnson founder, a company, family. And hearing some of the conversations they've had with his accountant and his father, and I think it was like their, their attorney, maybe. I haven't seen it in a couple of years. They literally believe, y'all. They can't like if you're if you are a multi-millionaire, multi-billionaire, wealthy family. 
you cannot be friends with anyone who's poorer than you. And when I say poorer than you, that doesn't necessarily mean less money than you. I'm talking about poorer than you. It's a bad look. Because when you get to that level with those folks, everything is about image. Everything's about how you perceive. Everything's about what it looks like and how people would see you. And, and oh my God, and they'll talk about you. There was one gentleman whose family is into the um, media business. They own like 20, 30 magazines. And my dude is like stupid wealthy, right? And I remember in his video, him speaking about how he was out someplace and he had on these shoes. He liked them. I guess they were comfortable or something. And work got back to his family. And his family was basically saying they're going to cut him out the will if he ever was to do something bad again because they couldn't dare be embarrassed with him wearing that. It's embarrassment. It's everything is looking, image and perception. And the last thing they want is for these people on the bottom to get assistance because we don't deserve it to them. So the music that they allow on the radio is another method for them to keep the world looking at those who listen to that type of music in the barrel with the rest of the crabs. It's another method for them to discredit you. Because if rap music says what rap music says and it shows up on the news for whatever reason and the news sit back and say it's you know, it, it has the control to do with all the murders and killings and crime that goes on in, in these urban communities. They've already made everyone else look at you and say, whatever's coming out of your mouth is going to be a lie. They not only discredited your music, they discredited your way of asking for help. They discredited your voice. And now the world only believes what news and those clean-cut people look like, say about you. They're your ventriloquists. They are the speakers for you. They are your translators. And that's the problem when it comes to necessarily believing all the bullshit that you're told and none of the truth that you have discovered. Rap music is one of the most influential genres of music there is out there. But if you ever notice when rappers talk about things in the community that needs to change, nobody wants to take them serious. Why? For the most part, we're always viewed as entertainment. That's it. So the music industry is poisonous. It's sickening. The music industry has become a virus in a sense. It's very, very discouraging and we're not even going to talk about the compensation that they've changed in the contractual agreements to where the artist gets paid for the most part on hard sales cds cassettes vinyl digital streams and things of that nature that's completely different that goes to the record company unless you negotiate that in your contract and the way things are today now it's best for an artist for him her or them to be independent they have control now you may not put out the same amount of units but at least you have control over your voice. You're not sitting on somebody else's shelf. You're actually moving it yourself. 
So just want to kind of put that out there. Anyway, that concludes today's episode of the Ether Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure you follow us on social media, the Ether, T-H-E-E-I-T-H-R, Instagram, Twitter. We'll be back Wednesday, 3.30. Y'all be good, man. We out. Mile, M-I-L-E dot today. Mile dot today.